0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Boat Hunter Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at tacticam.com. This year, we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is up and running now. You can check them out at SpartanForge.ai. Spartan Forge is machine learning for the deer hunter. It's the Farmer's Almanac on steroids. It's taken millions of data points of insurance information, car deer, accidents, wildlife biology, collared deer data, social media, and put it into figuring out what are the best days for you to be in the woods. You can check that out at SpartanForge.ai and it is live now, so you can use code bowhunter to get 25% off at SpartanForge.ai. Spartanforge. find, fix, finish. This week we've got a Michigan guy on for you, Brandon Egan. Brandon is one of these silent killers. So a guy you maybe never heard of, maybe you've just seen the pictures on Facebook. Uh, He killed four really great bucks in 2020. It's Kansas, Ohio, and then two in Michigan. Uh, The Michigan ones to me are the most impressive just because of the consistency and the pressure and the, kind of the way that he does it, uh, first podcast. So, um, (laughs) he's a little nervous, but, uh, you know, we try to get as much information out of him, you know, and basically his deal is hunting fresh sign. And everybody says that, you know, what's the freshest sign. Um, so we try and figure out kind of his methods and kind of the way that he does that, and uh, I think you guys are really going to get something out of this one. It's uh, it's a little bit long, uh, kind of comes out of his shell at the end, and uh, I think I think we're going to have him back on uh, to kind of expound on this and kind of how it transitions to other states. But man, uh, we just really appreciate Brandon coming out of his shell on this one. Uh, but real quick, we got to give a shout out to our Patreons. So, Patreon is a crowdfunding for podcasts. Basically, you know, for the cost of a cup of coffee, five bucks a month, uh, like seventeen cents a day, you help out the podcast. You help us with uh, equipment, with the cost of running this show. You know, if you're getting value out of this, if you're if you're learning from this, you know, consider that. You can check it out at. patreon.com forward slash Bull Chronicles podcast, or you can go to Chronicles podcast.com and just click on that Patreon link and just sign up. And basically, you know, it's like a raffle ticket. We give away some great prizes. This quarter we're giving away a Mystery Ranch Sawtooth Pack. I mean, that's like a $500 pack and I'm giving you the, the guide lid for that one because that's one of the things that I didn't have on my trip to Colorado that I wish I did. Um, so we're giving away Gear that we use and uh, that we know that you, that you would like as well. We're also giving away a set of Badlands rain gear uh, because that's what you guys asked for. So, I mean, right now, I think there's like 50 Patreons. So that's a one in 50 chance of you know one in 51 uh, with you um, for a five dollar raffle ticket to win some really great gear. We also give away. We're partnering with uh, Base Map. And Map gives away a pro package, which, you know, allows all 50 states. It's cheap in its own right. I mean, if you just want to go to Map and buy that, it's $30 for the entire year. You can use code CHRONICLES online. Uh, you can't do it through your phone. You got, you've got you got to go to the, the website. Um, but you can save 20% on that. So it's $24 for the entire year, $2 a month to try uh, Basemap. Basemap does everything any of the other um mapping softwares do and more. I mean, there's so many layers, it's almost too much, but it's a great app and we really like it. They we're giving away one of those along with um you know, they they have a swag pack so they give you some a hat and a shirt and all of that. And speaking of shirts, I've got the if for anybody that ordered sweatshirts, I'm going to be picking those up today, so I've got your your sweatshirts. I'll be reaching out to you uh on those. But uh you know, if Patreon's not for you, no big deal. We appreciate every single one of our listeners. If you would just tell somebody else about the show, if you would just pass this information along and rate us. So on Apple, uh, iTunes, you know, click that five-star review and uh, write us a review. That would mean the world to us. But thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And uh, today we're talking with uh, another Michigan guy, uh, quite successful, Um, you know, one of these guys who's, you know, maybe the lesser known, pretty quiet guy. Um, We ran into him uh, at uh, the show in Grand Rapids a couple years back and was introduced to him and then just started following him on Facebook and You know, over the last couple of years, it's like, man, this guy is like, just keeps putting down big deer, you know, all over, you know, Michigan, you know, to me, when I see guys shooting big deer every year in Michigan, I just, I start to pay attention. This year was, was no exception. Um, So we're talking with Brandon Egan. So how are you doing tonight, Brandon? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for
1: having me on Yeah.
0: No problem. So, and it's his uh, first podcast too. So, and uh, so hopefully this isn't too painful for you, but like I said, uh, if you like talking about hunting, it should be no big deal. (laughs) Yep. So can you give uh, us a little bit about a background on yourself and kind of like how you grew up hunting and your, your style uh, a little bit?
1: Well, I'm originally from Florida and, um, we always, you know, dad grew, we grew up hunting, you know, whitetail and hogs and whatever, you know, um, mostly hogs though. We had, we had hounds and stuff. And then, and, uh, dad, he had a few leases down in Florida that we would, uh, hunt whitetail, which, you know, hunt whitetail and is very hard in Florida, but, um, he would set some stands up and for me and he would just drop me off and he would mostly hunt out of a climber but uh when i got older when i got 13 um i started hunting out of a climber and uh kind of just moving around bouncing around and uh i shot my first buck that year at 13 out of a climber um seven point so um just kind of raised in hunting and um then i think we moved to michigan when i was like 17 and and uh kind of kind of uh followed in the same steps you know just bounced around in a climber all the time just what my dad taught me and but it wasn't i mean at that time it was just about shooting deer you know um we just shot whatever i shot whatever you know sometimes a, a few bucks a year and just those just just out there having fun and then it just grew more of a passion as i did it and and just started wanting to learn more and and get into bigger type bucks and stuff. So so. so
0: real quick, just because I, I, one of my buddies hunts Florida, he says it's the hardest state in the U S to hunt It's way harder than anywhere. What's the difference between hunting Florida and then coming up to Michigan? What, what was your experiences?
1: Uh, we didn't have as much deer in our area and, um, it was a lot harder to get on deer than, than it is here. Um, but like I say, I was young, you know. I didn't know as much as I, I know now. And uh, uh, I, I, there was a lot of pressure down there, I think. I mean, just as much as Michigan, but just big bass areas. And uh, we could get into a lot of doe pockets, but there just wasn't a lot of bucks at the time. You know, no one did no management or anything like that. So, because he, you know, he's always
0: said, and I don't want this to be about like Florida, but so he's always said that he'd love for some big buck killer to come down and, you know, try and try their hand at at Florida, um, you know, where kind of where he hunts or or, or whatever. Um, do you think with your skill set and you know, like I said, you were young then, do you think you could go down to Florida and have? The same sort of success that you've had across the Midwest.
1: Oh, I, I would, I would say I could at least get on them. You know, killing a, you know, mature buck, you know, would could be difficult. You know, uh, but I mean, I want to see going down there killing two year old deer. You know, would be probably easy. I would say. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Well, I might have a second podcast opportunity for you here already here (laughs) in the the first five minutes. So, (laughs) but but yeah, so you were, you were talking about, you know, coming up to Michigan and start of starting to make that transition from shooting, um, you know, just any deer or, uh, whatever. Um, you
2: know, yeah.
1: I mean, I think I was around like 27, I'm 38 now. Um, we were just having fun, man, just, just bouncing around. Didn't know anything about, you know, this mobile hunt and stuff now. And there wasn't nothing like that. Like a lot of these young guys can, can get on, you know, Facebook or social media and learn so much so quickly now. Uh, we would just, you know, that's just how I was taught. Just the hunt out of a climber, me and my buddy, we hunted out of a climber. We went around and we shot the first buck that come in and, and, uh, we just, I mean, that's what we did. I mean, um, so when I, when I start, you know, I got where I wanted to start killing better bucks, you know, through the, through the years, you know, just, uh, you know, shooting a lot of small bucks. I just wanted to shoot better bucks. And uh, so what kind of, uh, I guess when,
0: when you, when you like, okay, I think when you say that, I mean, everybody I guess gets to that point where you want to start shooting better bucks. So how did you uh, implement that? Yeah, like, what was what the process? Yeah, how did you how did you go about that?
1: Well, I just uh, started uh, researching and and, and uh, more like the hunting beast and and got online just like a lot of guys did and, and was putting more of the puzzle together instead of just being mobile, you know, which that was already come natural to me because I was already taught that, but I was missing a lot of you know some of the steps you know like here in Michigan a lot of guys you know i think they get a piece of public and they just you know focus on this one piece of public you know where where i you know i got you know 50 60 spots you know that i've scouted over the years over these last 10 years and uh i'm bouncing around until i can find that hot sign and if i don't find that hot sign I'm out of there. I mean, I'll, I'll just pretty much, I'll go in there. If I can't find the sign I'm looking for, I'm walking out of there, you know, scout my way out and I'm to the next spot because I'm looking to kill a buck quickly. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking, you know, I'm just looking to kill a three-year-old buck here in Michigan. I'm not, I'm not looking to, you know, I'm not trying to hunt down a, uh, you know, a Pacific buck here in Michigan. So, uh, where a lot of guys, maybe they're trying to hunt a Pacific buck where I'm hunting more of a, you know, trying to hunt an age class buck, three-year-old or older, that's my goal. So pretty much what I do is, I you know, I got some of these spots scouted out and I found a lot of bedding areas, but some of these, you know, these spots I got scouted, you know, you don't find a lot of bedding area, you know, like a lot of deer don't lay down a lot of sign. So over the years of just hunting these spots, you know, up you know, a couple of these spots I've learned, you know, this is where this deer, you know, a lot of these bucks are bedded. So like, what's your scouting
0: process? Like, so for myself, like I've just started to break down this big piece of private that, or piece of public that's got pressure everywhere. So I just went and pulled the camera today. Mm-hmm. It's been out there since, uh, sept- uh end of August. And I went out there one time October eighth and just checked the camera and then turned around and took off. And uh it looks like for me there was there was one good buck in there like right beginning of the season, October the third. Then maybe twenty twenty October twentieth or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, October twentieth to maybe the 14th I had a lot of daylight activity and uh, I found it's on a primary scrape it's just a primary scrape I found over yep. the summer and so just just out of bedding um it's about 200 yards away from bedding so there's like a creek bottom there's like cattails to a creek bottom that comes up on this big oak ridge And this is like where the Oak Ridge meets this big grass flat. And the grass flat's probably 200 yards long. So it's like transition. Yeah. Yep. 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 And so I start to, I'm starting to see like a a pattern and, you know, so it seems like the more pressure has pushed these deer back in there. And it's a, I mean, there's a reason that I've only checked it one time because it's, I mean, it's, it's a half a mile, no matter what way. I try and get off get, get onto it and there's a there's a piece of private right up next to it. Um but I don't I think that guy is either baiting or something because a bunch of all the runways lead to his property and his cabin is right right there maybe 300 yards from so this he's, spot. He's
2: probably baiting right, right, right. in his cab.
0: But but nobody's I mean I had two people on this camera both in the last week. So it was the end of gun season. Like, people just fi- giving it a Hail Mary, I think, just wandering around. Just so, wandering,
1: going in there, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: so, I think these these deer are getting pushed in there. But, like I was telling John before we started out here, right, I don't – and I walked around today and looked at, you know, all the bedding and looked at the sign, like you were saying, how deer don't leave a whole lot of – you know, or there, there's, like, some deer that don't leave a ton of sign, right? You're right, right. So, I, I can I can tell where these – these branches and saplings are busted off and then there's rubs everywhere and scrapes and stuff. And so I, I kind of have an idea of like what's going on, but I can't
2: like put the puzzle back. Yeah. I put mean, it,
0: I, it seems like it's going to take me three more years to figure out. I told, I was telling John, it's like, I'm going to need like a ton of observation
1: sits to just figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A, a spot like that. I probably wouldn't even hunt. If, <laughs> if there's a, there's a ton of pressure in there. I'm not hunting it. I'm moving on. I, I do not, you know, put a lot of time into that. I'm looking for that spot. Sometimes these spots are some of the smallest spots, you know, where a guy thinks, you know, there's not gonna there's gonna be a lot of guys in there because it's small. Looking for them overlooked spots, you know, like everyone is, but I'm bouncing around, moving around, trying to find that buck that's laying down the sign that that is almost saying, Kill me. So so how are you like differentiating
0: that or like, you know, how are you doing that, that, that scouting? Like, is it in the early season? Is it? Well, I do a lot of
1: early season scouting, Um, you know, boots on the ground, you know, in the springtime, you know, I'm going out looking at, you know, old sign, but you know, you can look at that old sign and that's cool. You got to be on the fresh sign at all times. I mean, it seems like, you know, it changes so much here in Michigan, the the uh you know, the pressure and, and you know, one spot, you know, I, a lot of these spots could be good, you know, for a week and and next week they're not, you know. Right. Uh I'm just I'm moving around, bouncing around until I find that sign to you know, to kill that buck. And I mean most of the time I mean I do a lot of glassing, uh you know, a lot of summer glassing, but just kind of summer glassing just to see, you know, what bucks are in the area, if there's any good bucks in the area. Uh but most of the time I got my stand on my back or my saddle. I'm going in there looking for that fresh sign. If you ain't on that fresh sign, you're just in the ball out of the ball game. And I think a guy just needs to bounce around more and move around so much until he finds that hot fresh sign and then when you're on it stay on it for a couple days until you get them killed now if i don't get them killed in a couple days i'm out of there i'm moving so i give it two three days and then
2: i'm gone yes it's you know it's kind of like my like thought process too like adam adam you know we we kind of have our <laughs> conflicting you know uh interest in this one property it's like you know it gets so it's just gets pounded with people and there are good bucks out there but it's like you can't you can't just go sit in the same tree you can't just it, you can't predict what the deer are going to do they're there but it changes pretty much you know weekly or daily you got to go yep. in and and figure it out every time and then you think you get it figured out and then all of a sudden here comes someone walking in and and it's like or bird hunters or i mean It, the same, the same shit happens when we're out turkey hunting even. It's like, there's a ton of birds out there, but. Oh, definitely. You just get, I mean, to me, it's like, sometimes it's like, I'm not even, it's not even worth it. There might be a nice buck there, but it's not worth it for me to go waste my time when I'm going to get screwed over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's where I think, you know, you, you need to say, you know, ditch that spot and just move on. Move on with, you know, try to find that other spot. Right. You know, I mean, I got spots here 30 minutes from the house all the way to two hours, three hours from the house. I mean, it all depends, you know, with the wind and, and the weather is like where I'm going to be at. But, I mean, I'm going to be bouncing around until I find that buck. And if I don't find fresh sign as I'm going on in, like if I'm hiking on in there and I, and I don't find that sign, I don't hunt that night. I I just scout my way out, go back to the truck, and next day I put a game plan together and uh, go into a different spot looking for that fresh sign.
0: Well, Let's talk a little bit about that fresh sign. So, so like, what is it that gets your blood up? I mean, everybody wants to see, you know, scrapes and rubs and all this stuff. And like you said, sometimes there's not – you're not going to see that. So, like – is it big tracks or what i mean like what is it that you say like when you walk into a spot you're like okay i'm gonna kill him you know
1: a lot of times it's like when i come in there and i got you know a a good good scrape you know on the edge of a transition that looks like he, he could be bedded over here um you know saplings that are that are busted off ripped up Normally, that's a good buck you know when when them saplings are ripped, normally them are bucks with good tines you know that are just ripped up really bad, um looking for them high rubs um just like everyone else is, but I just think I'm just moving more than most people and not focusing on one spot, but now sometimes you know, like we talk about we we don't we don't uh see a lot of this fresh sign. A lot of times i'm in this spot as i'm scouting maybe i don't find some first sign but i i catch a glimpse of a big buck you know <laughs> and, and 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 then maybe i'll give it a sit and see you see what happens with it you know so i mean there's so many scenarios i guess you can get into um i'm just looking for probably what everyone else is looking for but <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, so that's one of the things, like, for us on the podcast is one of the things that I joke around with, you know, like, the, the the answers from a podcast guest, and this isn't, it's not you, but, like, so when I say, what about this, they say, well, it's situational. Or if you say, what's your number one piece of gear? Like, everybody goes to boots, you know, if you're going to spend money yep. on one thing. So, I mean, I totally get it. And that's, like, you know, what we're you know we're trying to figure out for for our listener for the for the new guy trying to make that transition from you know killing nothing to just killing deer just you know killing any buck to that 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 bigger class of deer like what is the the thing and you may have heard me chuckle in there when you said you know just getting a glimpse of a buck because that just happened to john like what yesterday yeah <laughs> yesterday
2: yeah yep. I was, I was scouting in a, you know, this spot that I was went up to uh, last night, I've hunted it for years and it gets pounded, bow and gun, but it, you know, every year it changes up a little bit. Like the guy's kind of like, oh, there's a bunch of guys there last year so now I'm going to go. So it ends up, I get up there yesterday and man, there was a ton of fresh tracks. Uh, I would like it for, you know, I'd like some snow on the ground right now. Normally that's what, you know, I'm looking forward to, but. Oh, there, definitely. There was no snow, but, I mean, this, there was, I actually took some video of it, like, the, the ground is just black, looks like a cattle path, and I got back in there, found some fresh rubs, I mean, it was, the bark was tore off, fresh scrape, I'm like, man, this is awesome, and I'm, like, looking for a tree, and I am I know I'm close to bedding, like, it's red brush, and it's just looking, just... It looks like it, yo. Yeah, and I took one more step, and all of a sudden busted yep. out a buck and I, I couldn't tell what it was i could just see it had bones on its head i'm like man <laughs> damn it you know uh,
1: i do that a lot i mean <laughs> i mean uh, a lot of times too i'm looking to jump deer right you know especially you know going into a spot you know I'm, I'm looking i won't stop until i start you know jumping deer uh then i know i'm getting close to the area i need to be you know, a lot of guys set up because, you know, they, they got some rubs here, but, um, you know, the spot looks good, whatever I, I'm looking to be on top of them. And a lot of times I go too far, you know, but I'm super aggressive. And if I burn that spot, I'm going to the next one.
2: But so it's also good though. Cause now, you know, like for what I, the way I looked at it and I think we've heard the hunting public, it's like, well, now I know that that buck, when I see this sign and I know it was a north wind. I know that there's yep. been some hunting pressure. And it's I mean, literally like I was close to the road. Yes. I mean oh, definitely. real close. So most of the guys aren't even gonna look at this little spot. It's kinda like what you're talking about. They're yep. gonna go back past it. And that's what the deer are doing. They're just watching them walk by basically. Oh definitely. But I had uh, they're gonna be there, you know, so now it's gonna be like, okay, now I know exactly where like their bedding area in this scenario. It might not work pan out, but I'll have a better, better idea. You'll have a
1: better idea next time you go in there Yeah, and and, and you find that and then you, you know, you don't have to go in so deep and, and you could set up a little earlier and probably get a shot on them for sure. Right. Oh, definitely.
0: And so what's your thought process like as you're, as you're scouting in there and then you, you said you, you know, you like to jump deer like i think a lot of people like when you j- start jumping deer you're like oh man like i've screwed up my hunt or maybe you're not far enough you know where you were going like so what's your thought process if you jump deer jump a buck etc uh,
1: a lot of times uh i mean it, it doesn't bother me if I'm, I'm i jump some because i mean i know i'm getting closer to where i need to be and uh, i mean i've had bucks come back around you know back to that bedding a lot of times if i jump a good buck and i see him i'll come back in the morning and normally i could get a shot on him you know he'll come back through through in the morning if i jumped him in the evening and stuff so if if the conditions are the same as the same wind and and whatever so he might come back in the morning which i've i've seen that you know i've heard guys you know have chances at him you know right then you know come back in in an hour or two but um i've never had it never had it happen to me um, like that, but um, I don't know. I just I just keep moving in, until until I think I you know I got right there on them in them green fresh rubs and uh them them hot uh scrapes right there. I just keep moving in there until until I think I need to set up and it, it's more of a feeling than. I don't know. I just have, you know, a natural eye for, for looking at, you know, a spot and trees where I need to set up based on wind and how to kill them. You know, it's, uh, I just have a knack for it, I guess, but it's, it's, it's harder for me to explain, I guess.
0: Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's called experience. I think, <laughs> right. I mean, like, yeah, the, like, yeah. <laughs> my, my, I mean, my father-in-law's and, and John can tell you this too, but like, you know, he's killed you know tons of he but he's in that he, he's what 67 years old or something he's still in that any buck stage of his life but <laughs> yeah he, he he's the guy that just goes in you know he just like like the guy with the fork stick that finds water he just walks in picks a tree and a buck a walk underneath and he'll shoot it you know, yeah buck. he's got luck
1: <laughs> got that luck yep
0: <laughs> but um you know, more recently, it's, he'll you know, shoot at it. Like, yeah. it's, it's,
2: I don't know if it's his eyes. Yeah, I think his <laughs> luck has run out on his uh, shooting abilities or something.
1: I've had them years.
2: <laughs> I've had them years for sure. Everyone goes through them years probably. So, what's your mobile setup? You said you have uh, either your stand on your back or your saddle. What is your, like, preferable, like, silent method of getting in there, getting close, and getting up a tree?
1: My my go-to is you know my saddle. Now I, I I've hunted out of Lone Wolf Stand for, um, for a lot of years. Uh, I ended up switching over to the um, Arrow Hunter saddle. I got the tether platform beef sticks. Um, that's probably my go go-to setup. But I I did shoot two bucks off the ground in my ghillie suit this year. Sweet. So I'm um, uh, I'm just always. You know, I got a a lot of things in my arsenal. So, you know, if I need my stand that day, I use my stand. If I got need my ghillie suit or or whatever, but my number one go to is my saddle now. But plus, you know, I got a boat and everything. Um, That is, you know, getting down them rivers into them, you know, coming in the back door on a lot of these bucks is is probably helped me out a lot. So.
0: And so I want to I want to get into some of those those kills this year. I mean, you killed yep. you killed 4 bucks this year uh um, yep. across multiple states. Uh it, but b- before we get into that, like is there, you know, some guys prefer a certain time period to, you know, is it the rut, is it pre-rut, is it, you know, first thing in the season? Like is there a, a time where you find it like I don't want to say easier, but you know, is there a preferred time where you think, like, you're more dialed in or more likely to have success?
1: Uh, I think I killed three bucks this year uh, before November 2nd. So uh, I, it seems like I always have luck around the 20th. You know, I'm killing most of my bucks October 20th to 22nd, you know, when, when they start kind of getting in that you know scraping really getting you know fired up a little bit you know they're starting to lay down some sign and and everything um uh just because you know most of the time i i, I can't get out as early you know with with uh work i so i try to get all my work done and just start hunting around the you know uh, the end of october now so middle of october mostly so
0: Okay, and what are you seeing for pressure at that time? I mean, that's that's one of the things that you know, like we've always you know taken the first week in of November off. Well, it turns out that everybody else in the whole wide world does too. So, you know, you go to Ohio or Missouri or you know even around here. I mean, that's when everybody wants to be in the woods. So, is the the I mean, are you just completely avoiding pressure, or um, are you uh, are you I'm, noticing that there's guys in the woods at that time too?
1: I mean, there's guys all the time. I mean, I see. You know, a lot of times if I go to this spot, there's always the same seven pickup trucks there, you know, or if I drive by, there's the same seven pickup, you know, trucks, you know, no matter what day of the week, it seems like they're always there. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, I mean, the pressure's high and and, and especially this year, it seemed like there was a lot more pressure uh, this year, but over the years of just finding these hidden spots. You know, every year it seems like I lose one of my good spots, you know, that I would say, you know, they're just hidden, you know, that I, I could take my boat to or or out walk the next guy. But it's getting harder to do that because there's a lot of guys are really got the heart to get in there and, and get it done, you know, now. So uh, I always thought I could always just out walk the next guy or, or out hunt the next guy. But it, that's getting hard now.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's our fault and it's, yeah. it's base map and onyx and, and it, all of that it, yeah. because, you know, we're, we're getting guys like you on that are saying, okay, these are, these are what my techniques are. And then you just have to pull up, you know, look at your public and then, you know, take, <laughs> take what you said and take what Dan says. It's a and double-edged take, sword. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, so we are empowering hunters, but we're also shooting ourselves in the foot too. So.
2: I mean, oh, oh definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but yep so on that same note like um i mean it's going to be different for in your home state you can you know pick and choose when you can hunt like you said but like do you have a preferred time frame when you're going out of state when you're Um, tagged out out, right yeah well yeah (laughs) when
1: i normally if i get tagged out i'm headed out of state um this year i tagged out before november so i got to uh so i normally would like to go to like to kansas sometime around you know the 15th you know gun season here so but i got tagged out early so i didn't want to be sitting at home so i i went november 1st and i I think it was the 30th i think i went so uh october 30th i, I headed to kansas but, um, I, I like to kind of take, you know, my out of state hunts when it's gun season here, okay? because I, I don't like to gun hunt here anymore. You know, <laughs> I'm just, just too crazy and too much pressure. Absolutely. So, and I'm just not much of a gun hunter anymore. Yeah. We're so.
0: pretty much in the same boat except for, you know, John gives me a bunch of shit cause I've, I've taken the rifle out two times this year. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's I mean too, yeah, I'm just you know, i just rather bow hunt when it's more quiet and you know, more I, I just prefer, you know, bow hunting a safer lot too. more safer, yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Especially this year like in Michigan, I mean you can pretty much just shoot anything. If it's brows oh, down, so Yeah, and, yep. So in the lower peninsula anyway, it's like
1: Yeah, Grasher County here I think you could you can shoot two spikes if you want so right well you
0: don't even need a doe permit now i mean you can Mm. shoot with a rifle a doe on both your tags if you want to so
1: yeah it's crazy Yeah. yeah it's crazy
0: so now when you're talking about your sign you know how you're looking at your sign how you're doing your entrance and exits you know how you're bouncing around um let's i mean whatever you want to do however you want to do it but let's take your one of your michigan kills and talk about you know that that process you know so like going into yeah. the spot what sign you know where you were set up kind of how you were set up
1: yep so uh my first michigan kill was a 10 point so me and a buddy uh i was hunting with a buddy that night and uh we got to the parking lot and we started hiking back in there and uh he found some fresh sign and as we got you know probably about a half mile back in there so he took off and 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 was going to set up somewhere around there so if i always go with him my buddy i always seem like i always go farther and deeper because i'm always I, i think i'm more of a scouter Then I am a hunter because it seems like I always got to know what's around the corner (laughs) What's around the corner? So I I keep going and keep going and sometimes that hurts me because I end up jumping the buck So he's more, you know, get he got he's got the sign he sets up so Type of guy. So I always just leave him. Well as I got past past him not too far Probably two hundred yards I come across three fresh scrapes I mean just tore down you know just just ripped up just probably before I I come through so I was gonna i I got hidden I had my saddle and I got up under a bush it was this was on a transition like a hard transition inside the woods you know of of like you know brush you know bunch of brush and they're right down the edge of this of this brush so i got set up under under a bush and 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 i could shoot like 30 yards to the first scrape and as i'm sitting there for two hours um it just it just bothered me that i didn't keep going so As I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I know I'm going to shoot one here. I just had the feeling I was going to kill one on that scrape. So I'm sitting there, and I got up, and uh, after two hours of sitting there, I had to go, you know, investigate more. (laughs) So I don't know why, but just, just how it Yeah, i don't know i just i'm just intrigued with finding more sign better sign like i can be in a better spot you know and that was probably the best spot to be in that night so i ended up uh going going about another 150 yards and uh found some just tore up rubs probably the same buck and uh another another scrape and i ended up setting up in my saddle uh down the edge of this uh transition and i end up having a couple little bucks come past me i I like hunting a lot of transitions you know inside the hardwoods you know different uh um, habitat changes you know what i'm saying right um so i i love that i just downwind side of them just always have a lot of luck with them so i end up seeing a couple bucks come right down that transition and uh Couple of them hit that one scrape I was by, and then real quick. I,
0: what what date is this? So what what time?
1: This you... is probably around the twenty second, October twenty second. Okay, I would say twenty third, right there. And um, it kind of got it slowed up for about an hour, and this is in the evening. And uh, I looked over and I seen a a buck about fifty yards away. Uh, on the other side of the transition coming like angling right towards me and uh, It was that good ten point and he come up from He, he come from the uh, north north of me So I know there's a bedding area up there that I've, I've scouted a few years ago. So I figured he he was up there so um, That could have been the buck laying the sign well I grunted at him and he wouldn't come in and I just couldn't get a shot. It was kind of thick right there. And he ended up going back and and there's a, I think there was like a bean field way back there, you know, going headed to some private. So the next day, the next morning where I figured he'd come from out of that bedding, I went up there and sat in a small tree and, um, I had a south, and, and the bedding area is north of me, and I'm sitting south of the bedding area. But I had a, uh, I believe it was a southwest wind. So it was just an off wind kind of blowing up off that bedding area. And uh, and I always kind of like to give them deer the wind, you know. Um, a lot of guys probably want to, you know, a lot of guys want that wind in their face, I always figured, you know, them big bucks want that wind when they're going to come out of that bedding, you know. So if I can give them that off wind, if I can just get off, you know, just manipulate that wind somehow, just get off this side somehow, uh, I just feel that they feel more comfortable coming out. And that morning, uh, I had two bucks come out of that bedding area and check to Jason that there's a doe bedding area and, uh, they come by and, and, and went down one of that dough bedding area and come out of there. And that 10 point was there. It, uh, with another buck checking, checking, they're kind of just kind of cruising a little bit, uh, kind of, you know, bouncing does around kind of, you know, not running or anything like that. Just kind of getting in the mood, just checking things. So, um, I end up getting down about 1130 that morning and um i think i went and got some lunch and uh i was like man i don't know if i should go back there i was thinking you know i i didn't want to i you know the wind kind of switched up a little bit and uh i didn't i didn't really want to go back there so i ended up talking myself in and i moved over a tree and got that wind just just enough off And that buck come out of that bedding area again. And he uh, just kind of browsed around. I was probably only set up 50, 70, 70, 50 yards from him. And, and he, he just come out of that bedding area and browsed around. And, uh, he was going to go over and check that doe bedding area again. And he was just, you know, eating around on some stuff and, uh, He presented me with like a 25 yard shot and, uh, gave it to him. So he went about 70 yards. He ran back up in the bedding area and died. So, um, but this was a, a bedding area I knew, you know, I, I, you know, I've scouted this, this area, you know, a spot I knew over the years that if there's a good buck in there, he's probably bedded up there so uh i mean over time of learning these spots you know you do, uh, of hunting these spots you learn some of these things right so um and that that was my second buck take it out of that that bed out of that same bedding area so so
0: i got a couple like a few like takeaways from that right
1: mm-hmm. so
0: you know that that just off wind. And then I've got like a question too. So when I killed my buck this year, it was early season, similar, um, next to where these, these bucks bed in the early season. And we know that simply because, you know, tons of sign, tons of guys, everything, but jumped the deer out of there a couple of times. And so, You're right, and, and so, I mean, it's just kind of like an odd spot. And, um, the, the wind that day was like super low. Like it was like yep. one mile an hour bad. It was like the wind that you don't hunt that on, but it was only a one mile an hour wind and there's usually a draft. So it, uh, we, I kind of fig- figured it would offset and mm-hmm. that deer come right down. I shot him at 17 yards coming back to that, that bedding area and so that was interesting saying that you're going to give the deer the wind and that's, you know, I'm not a, I said, you know, before like world's worst bow hunter. Right. But the right. the thing is, is he doesn't even disagree. He's like, oh, you're not that bad. He says, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I'm, right I'm
2: just saying, I'm just saying, you no, know, I'm disagreeing with the, you know, whatever,
0: you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, but that's what I, you know, that's what I say is like the deer are, are going to use the wind to their advantage it's just whether it's a good spot for you to hunt or not i mean the
2: deer is still going to move right you know that that well, way it's like i mean when you look at a deer in its bed and it's got the wind on its back you know looking into yep. you know th- they're using the wind for their advantage i mean so if you're going to set up with the wind in your face well most likely that buck's not just going to yeah. walk yeah. oh i'm just going to forget all yeah. that there's a reason why he's a mature buck yeah. now you will get it, young dumb bucks that are that don't know any better yeah oh yeah
1: I mean, I don't believe a buck walks with the wind in his face, you know, every right. time. But when he's in a pressured spot and he comes out of that bedding, you know, sometimes he comes out to browse around, or, 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 or you know, move around. A lot of times, he's got that wind, and especially you know, if someone's you know sat up on that bedding area before. Uh, I mean, he he's gonna, you know, check that like you know like like you know a downwind of a dough bedding area sometimes they check you know just for you know uh pressure you know they they understand pressure they don't understand boundary lines or anything but if there's been pressures you know pressure there before they know I, i've watched them time and time again come out and go right down a transition and check that whole transition with the wind blowing you know in their face to make sure they're safe and then they they'll move on and feed you know or browse around so
0: but another question is like about that fresh sign because like you know i was using that same area to hunt back further later in the year because i know that there's doe bedding past that right so i want to talk about time of year just a little bit just for you know your knowledge and like the the scenario is like uh, it would have been probably november 9th or 10th you know maybe maybe further th- than that but same story like so kind of open hardwoods up against some brushy stuff um, mm-hmm. and i know that these bucks have bedded in there in the past i killed the buck you know less than 100 yards from where i was going in further right and i come up on like you know, John and I were t- talking today about, like, fresh scrapes. Like, I came on this fre- – it was the freshest scrape that I've ever probably seen in my life, like, where the dirt was on top of the oak leaves. Like, you could still smell yeah, it, it was, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I was hunting with my brother-in-law, who's – I mean, he could be the world's worst bow hunter, but um, – <laughs> <laughs> just for lack of experience, I guess. Um, but, like – you know, he he's like, well, you know, that deer's already been here. Like, could have been five minutes ago. You know, what's the chances that they're going to come back? They've gone elsewhere. Right, right. So, so how do you? I mean, you you were talking about setting up on those super fresh scrapes. Like, what's your thought process in, in, in setting up on them like that?
1: Well, sometimes I mean, just because that buck hit it, doesn't mean that there's other bucks not in the area ain't going to hit it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's probably multiple bucks hitting some of these scrapes. You know that down through there. Um, I mean, just like uh, I mean the, the this when I when I walked past some three scrapes and they were tore up, they had big tracks in them. So I mean that was probably the mature buck that went through there and, and, and freshened them up. But I mean, there could have been another, you know, good buck come in behind them afterwards and, and hit him, hit him too. You know, um, just a lot of times, you know, I've seen multiple h- uh, bucks hit these scrapes. So it ain't just always just one hitting these scrapes. I've had, I've had bucks come in right behind each other numerous times and, and hit, hit the same scrape. So, um, okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, that was just one of those
0: scenarios where like we were going back further, but we got to the spot like where we know that there was bucks in the area. Like, you know, we were back there for a reason. We killed a bunch of bucks out of there already this year. And it's like, you know, here's a sign that was literally like right now. Now does that, but that's what I was kind of getting at. Like time of year, does that change? So like, if you would have come upon that same thing, like later in november which would be like maybe more of the the rut type area you know time frame where these deer are, are you know not necessarily
1: yeah yeah they're they're not necessarily together they're they're more in fight mode you know yeah i probably would have just bypassed it in and and found something that hasn't been hit or, or um maybe set up a little differently um for sure I mean, uh, especially if it was already hit, you know, in, in November, um, maybe something, you know, definitely something not hitting that again, you know, they already freshened it up and moved on. But I mean, this was in October. So yeah, probably not in November, I would have probably just moved on and, and, and kept looking for that, you know, good sign, uh, you know, a better sign, you know, that he maybe wasn't a scrape that wasn't hit or or uh try to go down to the next bedding area or something.
0: Yeah, and like I said, like, you know, this is why like we like talking to guys like yourself, like, you know, there's guys that say, "Well, yeah, it's just, you know, fresh sign and I don't know. I I know it when I see it." But like given a scenario type thing, you can say, you know, this is what I would do or this is what I would do because that's one thing that's that's hard to like you know, I, I mean, you're talking about having a problem, like trying to explain stuff, and it's like, well, sign in October first, or sign when you're pre scouting. Yeah, it the it's all, always like, <laughs> is a,
1: it always different, you know, in November, October's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying.
0: So when you, um, you know, so you, you shoot this deer, you, <laughs> and so your your second deer that you killed in Michigan was like. Yep. I think to me is like kind of like a testament to you as like a, a hunter just in a sense of like, like how you said, you know, you're just looking for age class. You're not looking for a certain deer
1: or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not looking for, you know, I'm just looking for a three-year-old or older here in Michigan. That's my, that's my goal. And I mean, next year, I mean, I've shot a bunch of three-year-olds now, And I've shot some four and five-year-olds in Michigan, but I mean, next year I'm, I'm even stepping it up, you know, to a higher class.
0: But that deer, to me, like I said, why it's more of a testament is like how you're like um, you're, you're walking the walk, right? So a lot of people say, well, I want to kill a three-year-old or a four-year-old deer, but then one comes in with half of his rack busted off. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not gonna kill that one because, you know. And so that second buck that you killed was yep, he, completely he had busted it, off.
1: Yeah, he was a half rack, and the story on that buck, I, I seen I was sitting kind of a observation sit, you know, and I, I kinda like to do this. I, I like to sit back, watch like a bedding area, you know, and if I see a buck come out of this bedding area, uh, I, you know, let's just say a Southwest wind. So, and if I don't got another Southwest wind until next week, I probably am not going to hit that. I'm going to, I'm going to, whatever he did that night, I seen that buck on, I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient and wait next week and, and try to get him on that same type wind and maybe just hope that i can get a glimpse at him so i'll just so like next week so that I, when i seen him on a southwest wind that first day i picked out a tree i was kind of sitting back and i picked out a tree over there where i could kind of move in closer and i watched him come out of his bedding area and i uh, it was kind of this thick brush uh Kind of had some grass, like CRP, uh, kind of like a pasture-like. And he was up by a highway. He was bedded up by a highway and some brush. So I watched him come out of this, you know, the first day. And that was in the morning. So I went back there in the evening. And it was a southwest wind, and he come out of that bedding area so i and i moved up about 100 yards so i believe it was the two nights i had another southwest wind and i had an, another tree picked out and um but it was a cedar tree so i couldn't i couldn't get into it And it and like i say there's hardly any trees out here you can get into and so i just got tucked up and he was taking the same trail every time on a southwest wind so i got tucked up in the cedar tree and there's only one spot where he would walk by down this trail in this opening i could shoot so when he come down that opening i I shot him but when i first seen him he had a, a big spike on that one side so that was like a week before that he busted all that off. But I I was still happy to get him. I mean, he was a mature buck. Um, a lot of times I I, I always go, if I see him on that same wind, I'll go back. You know, if I see him on that wind that one day, I'll go back on that same exact scenario almost, you know if that makes sense i don't know same conditions you know same wind i just have a feeling that you know that's what he likes and that's why he's moving on it you know he just feels comfortable so yeah
2: that
1: makes sense a lot instead of seeing a buck and a lot of guys see a buck and then they get in there and they just they just start hunting them hunting them hunting them hunting them then they end up you know either blowing them out or you know or he doesn't come out of his bedding area or, or 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 what be patient and just you know if you got him on that conditions obviously he likes that conditions he's moving in daylight on that condition try it and see you know sit back watch him and then make your move and go in there you know and make the kill
0: so for for all of us you know that are that are coming up or that are trying to learn or Know, that are listening here like uh, on that scenario you know you say that you're you're going in there on the same win. you're you're sitting back you're you're making that and it's all you know it's all freaking backstraps and roses or whatever when you mm-hmm. when you freaking uh a story like this let's say you go back in there and you you kill them like what's the percentages on that like you know, because you say you hunt, you know, a couple days in a row if you're not, you know, getting them, move on to the next spot. Like, like, how often does that pan out,
1: you know? Well, it's, it's, it's work sometimes, you know, I'm super aggressive. It all depends on, on the buck to me, I guess. You know, sometimes I'm real aggressive, move in hard on them and just get them killed. And then on the other hand, if if I feel like this buck is only wanting to move on this wind and, you know, uh, because, you know, I've sat some of the, you know, this spot before I've sat before and uh, I've seen other bucks move on this wind in there and other winds. I, I just have not seen, you know seen the bucks come out of there so like i think some beddings bedding areas are more wind pacific so they're there on that wind um so i just kind of figured you know with that spot i would i would probably hunt them that way just because the bucks in the past um the, I've, i killed a good buck almost the same exact way out of that same bedding area so i just don't know if it just sets up better for for them bucks to come move on that certain wind in in that area.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so, so like, like, like John, you know, we talked about it on a previous podcast or whatever, but like he saw basically, I mean, almost to a T like what you said, you know, this buck came out of this bedding area on this wind. And then he fricking takes a hiatus and goes to the UP. <laughs> and then the next time he comes back in there, uh, and there was probably that same wind a couple times while he was in the UP. Uh, yep. somebody went in there and threw up a rifle blind right inside the bedding area. Yeah. And so smack that it, 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 in the <laughs> middle of the bedding. Area. Then,
2: Oh my gosh. A big steel, like homemade <laughs> with like a friggin' armrest or rifle rest on it. Oh, <laughs> right. In like the Cedar, right? Like where they're coming from. Like, I'm like, um, and it so it had to be at least two guys to get this thing up in there.
1: And yes, <laughs> so yes. Like,
2: well, well, did they kill the buck? I don't know. I I, I, I got in. <laughs> probably there. not. No, probably not. <laughs> they they had to blown them out of there. But mm-hmm. you know, and it was right on the. It was, man, it was just like a perfect little sneaky spot to get in. And and when I went in there, there was like no doubt in my mind. I'm like, I'm killing this buck tonight. Like everything is the same. Like it's a south wind he's going to come out. I, I'd moved over. Like I'd marked, like, like you said, I'd marked the tree where I needed to be. Yep. <clears throat> and he come out the the first time I'd seen him or the, you know, before, right. The, the set, the sit before that, it was like an hour and a half before light. I mean, dark, like, so, I mean, it was super early. He just come out and just, just walk and taking his time. Like he had no cares in the world. And so right. I got in there extra early and, I was just like, man, this is a done deal. Like there was just, I mean, nothing's a done deal. But if there was, it was, that was the scenario. Like I was just so confident in the setup. And and then I'm like, I got my camera and I'm panning out. I'm like, man, it's just, where is he? What's going on? And I'm like, then I got my binos out and I'm like looking out in the bedding. Looking, yep. And all of a sudden I noticed something in the tree. I'm like, are you shitting me? That was not there. The last time. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I then I bust out the video camera and I'm like zoomed in on it. I'm like, oh yeah. Son of a Yeah, <laughs> so what you do? Just get down or I ended uh, up sitting there just, just sitting, toughing I, it out. Yeah. I'm like But at that point I was like
1: I probably would have just got down and either (laughs) went scouting
2: or or just headed, headed to the truck. Yeah. I I thought about it. I was like, oh man.
1: You know, that's the life of the public,
2: you know, that,
1: I mean, uh, just move on and, and head to the next spot.
2: Yeah. That
1: was, uh, you know, but man, it does put you down when something like that happens. I mean, I, I've, I've found a lot of these good spots and every year, like I say, it seems like I lose a good one every year
2: yeah.
1: and then I got to, you know, go find and find more, more spots.
0: So I want to, one of the things also, I think like the further I go in this journey and like, you know, John's, like, he's a a little bit older than me, not terribly older than me, but, like, like I think he has, like, he grew up, like, hunting public, you know, grinding it out, learning, and then, like, making his own decision to, like, target bigger bucks. And, like, for me, it's just, like, man, forever, I was, like, man, I just want to kill a deer with my bow. And I think I was, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I would think, I mean, I hunted since I was 12 years old, you know, in Michigan. And I think I've killed my first deer with a bow when I was like 20. Okay. And and then, you know, just progressively getting better. And then, you know, I, you killed, you know, when I killed my first buck, like on my own, like I picked the spot, like that's, you know, that was what for me was like, now, now I feel like accomplished. And then like, you know, now I'm trying to break down these pieces of public. To kill one on my own because it seems like every time I go, I'm going like with somebody else, and yeah, I'm in the right spot or whatever. I'm not like somebody's putting me in a tree and then I kill a deer. It's like go over there somewhere and you know I get up a tree and I I, I kill and that's that's cool. But like I want to like right now my goal is like to take one of these properties that I've you know nobody's said okay this is where we used to hunt or this is the spot. You're and, right and, and break it down and that's kind of like like where i'm at like right now and that's that's the hardest thing is
1: are, are you, you're, you're focusing on more of a section you know that that you got picked out and you want to kill a buck out of that section yep yeah yeah i see a lot of guys uh do that i mean um i i that's just not my style to, to, to do that. And and there's a lot of spots, you know, that that you can go into a section and break down and, and hunt over the years and you'll learn it. I think I can learn more faster by just bouncing around and catching a glimpse of something and 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 you can find better spots instead of just picking this spot and staying there. I see a lot of guys doing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, and that's kind of like what I was getting at is like I think you know that's what I've been been focused on, but like the more I'm listening and like paying attention to like the guys that are like killing consistently, and it is they've got you know th- you know I think Dan says you know thirty spots at all times, and you know you you saw oh, a yeah, number you... of like fifty spots, and like the 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 thing is is like I'm listening to like the guys from the whitetail experience, you know, when they're saying like, I'm, you know, I'm getting up at one in the morning, I'm driving three hours. And like, you know, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, anywhere from a half hour to, to two hour drive or whatever. And, you know, the, like Parker McDonald down in Alabama, he's dry, you know, he's getting up at midnight <laughs> and driving, you know, and then taking five mile boat ride and doing all this stuff in his kayak. And, you know, I think that that's where like, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think lacking. you're missing. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. like you know for because for us like a three-hour drive will get us over into Detroit, Lower Michigan. I mean, it's three hours to Indiana from where we're at. You yeah, know, three hours. Oh, to definitely. Bridge, you know, we Basically. we can we can get yeah, into some can, different areas. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep bounce around, be aggressive. I mean, uh, just move around, bounce around. That's. Yeah, like I say, I'm not afraid not to hunt that night. I mean, if I go into a spot, if I'm going into a spot that I don't know, and I'm looking for that fresh sign like everyone else is, and I don't find it, and and that doesn't mean that there's not a big buck in there. I mean, there could be a, a, a giant buck in there just ain't laying down the sign, you know, or I didn't catch a glimpse of him, but... Uh, I'm looking for that buck that is killable right because my goal is to kill a buck that i can I can get on he's you know he's laying down the sign and I can kill him I'm looking you know looking for that good buck to kill and that's probably why my success is 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 moving around i I got my kayak, you know I mean I got my canoe i'm I'm canoeing down to a couple spots you know. I'm always checking spots. I'm always scouting, I guess. I guess you call it scouting. You're always scouting around, moving around, finding that buck where he's laying down the sign to kill him, you know? Um, so as you're bouncing
0: around and you're, you know, you're looking for, you know, the sign, you know, the sign's telling you yep. that the deer is killable, whatever. Um, as you're breaking that down, you know, you obviously you're, Playing the wind but are you yeah oh as, definitely as you're going into these spots are you like if you're going to go to a new spot or a new state or, or or whatever you know are you looking at certain terrain features like the like this is where i'm this is where i'm going to focus or how are you finding the sign you know
1: a lot of times uh i'm looking for you know a lot of times i look at the, the public but i look at the surrounding properties that are around it you know If it has good private property around it, um, if there's, you know, good draws coming into it, into that public off the private or, you know, good fingers or or something. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of these bucks are are bouncing back and forth from the private and the public. Uh, So I'm looking, I'm looking to get away from the guys looking for these spots that, you know, like everyone else is, you know, sometimes it's not always deep in there. Sometimes it's just off to the side or, or, um, you know, but my, my, most of the time I'm looking to get in there deep. That's just me. I'm, I'm wanting to, like I say, I'll, I'll walk to Hunter, but I'm, I don't know. I just, I just travel through there just walking. I normally got the wind in my face at the time. If I'm walking through there, just looking for that sign. And I, I'm walking through there, you know, definitely not like you know a human, but walking through there at a good pace, but trying to be quiet, and moving around. And then when I feel like I'm getting closer, then I'll start slowing down and and everything. Um, there, you know, based off wind and, and everything is is in you know where I would go and in spots I got marked on the map, you know, you know where I would check out first, you know.
0: And what, what spots are you marking on the map? That's kind of like what I'm getting.
1: You know, if I'm, if I'm hunting like river bottoms or stuff, you know, oxbows or, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of hard to
2: explain, but. uh, You know, we see it for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) One thing, let me, so like when you're, when you're uh, doing all these hunts and, you know, sits, observations or, and then scouting, hunt, scouting. Now, One of the common things that we've like the guys that we've talked to that are successful, like you, consistently, most of them can you know, uh, most of them have a logbook. Do you log any of your stuff, like information, or you just keep it all upstairs? <laughs> no, I just
1: keep it upstairs. I don't, I don't log a lot of stuff down. Um, I have pretty good memory when it comes to, you know, if I've seen a good buck here or, or there. Okay. Um, you know, if I'm going out of state, you know, I definitely got a bunch of pins marked, uh, where, you know, I think that, you know, would be, you know, blocks would be betted, um, you know, based on some wind futures and stuff. Okay. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, because like I said, there's some guys that are like, I mean, it's almost like they take an engineering, uh, standpoint and log all the data and then to, for me it's like i you know i think adam and i talked about one of our podcasts after we had the the thing with the hunting beast and i was like man we need to start you know doing a log book but it's just like man that's just yeah. so much more shit that we got to, yeah you more know. you got to do i try
1: to keep it simple yeah. uh i mean i own my own business It's it's kind of you know i don't got time to be doing all that <laughs> um I just, you know, I think hunting's is, is, you know, can be simple. I think, you know, as hunters, that a lot of hunters they make it more difficult and overthinking things, you know. Which I had not, you know, I'm always thinking, how can I kill this buck? Where can I set up? You know, but sometimes we get in our mind, and it's like kind of like a mind game. We overthink it too much
2: you know, right.
1: Get in here on this wind and get them killed.
2: <laughs> right. Well, so that's where like the experience of just being a hunter, yeah. You know, not, you know, just,
0: well, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I mean, I, my, I'm looking at my laptop right now in front of me and I was showing John, like all these pictures and like, like, again, like I'm, I'm trying to break down this piece of public to f- figure it out, but I'm trying to figure it out from like, when I listen or when I talk to guys like you to say, okay, like, so what would they do? What's, you know, what is going on here? But like right now I've got all these, you know, I've got, I've got two shooter bucks at least on, on camera. And and one of them still alive as of three days ago, four days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm thinking, well, if I don't go in there and kill him, he's going to make it till next year and he's going to be, a great
1: oh great buck yes you know so how do
0: i go in there and kill him like where's he you know that and that's i think that that's the problem for guys like me and guys like our listeners and you know the guys that haven't like figured out the puzzle like well but like when you want to take it to that next level it's like Mm -hmm. okay so so before i was just like well how the fuck are these guys killing these big bucks And then, so then I talk to him, and I say, "Okay, well they're doing this," and like so. Okay, now I'm finding the sign, but I'm I'm putting out a trail camera. I got nothing, and so now I'm like, okay, so now I got the camera on the spot, and I got these deer, and I got all sorts of bucks on this camera, and I got multiple bucks, and so I'm, I'm in the right area.
2: Now it sounds like you just gotta get in there and figure it, like, but just on it, yeah, just just figure it out, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and two with them trail cameras, you know it. Uh, I don't run a lot of trail cameras. I kind of like the unknown. So, um, you know, so maybe that's why, you know, you know, I, I can just forget about this public better than you can because, well, you got, you know, five shooter bucks to you in there. And I don't see, he ain't laying down no sign. So in my mind, well, there ain't no good shooter bucks in here. I'm out of here. Right. hmm so, uh, because I'm not running trail cameras now, I do have a couple cell cams I run and, uh, I run them in mostly spots I know so that I already know that there's good bucks in and, uh, if I get a picture of a buck, then I'll go in there and hunt them, you know, but I already know the area I I've already spent time in this area, you know, by, by sitting in this spot, either. I found a good fresh sign in there one day and I'd sat it and seen some, you know, seen some bucks cruising through and, uh, over time you just learn a few spots like that. But, you know, if that buck ain't laying down the sign and you don't know where he's at, uh, I mean, the only thing you can go do is know where, you know, where these bedding areas are and start hitting these down one of these bedding areas and maybe catch a, you know, glimpse of him or, and, and find where he's living, I guess.
2: Right.
1: Um, uh, it'd be, I mean, if he ain't laying down no sign, like, I, I mean, I got a spot that absolutely you will not find a bet in, you, you know, there's one big rub in there and, and it gets hit every now and then, but some of the biggest bucks, I mean, couple couple big shooter bucks mature bucks laying this spot and there's hardly any sign and I come across it uh one day I just was canoeing and I seen a buck stand up in the spot and um I went investigated it you know scouted on through there and I couldn't find no sign so I'm like man he's obviously sitting in this spot reason so i ended up sitting it just sitting at night and it was on a river and i sat it on a south wind so my wind was blowing in my face and it was you know blowing you know to the river sat up on the edge of the river and um so i ended up sitting this a couple more times you know on a northerly wind where it kind of went you know up and around cut up around the bedding area and, and and blew it up over to this private spot and i wouldn't see anything so uh but i seen this you know mature buck this is why i'm trying this out even though i didn't find the sign so they only bed there on a the south wind and the reason why is the the farmer he lives up north uh south of there so when he comes back to hunt they know when he's coming in and and i'm accessing off the off the uh the river and coming in the back door so they're actually looking at the river when i'm coming in but they're you know bedded up in there about 100 yards but when the farmer comes down through and he goes to his stands the wind is blowing right back to him so them deer know the most of the pressure is up from the private on this on this situation right and i'm coming in the back door and i'm setting up and they are not laying down no sign at all but um I've actually shot a good eight point out of there, out of that, out of that bedding area where, uh, where the, the bucks were going in and grabbing does and bringing them back into the bedding area to breed them. So um, they would, they were going, there was a Jason, uh, a doe bedding Jason to it during November 7th. They were going over to this doe bedding area, like a hundred yards away, bringing them in there breed them in in their bedding area they didn't hardly have to go far everything was right there and i access off the river only on south winds coming in there but there's no sign they never leave no sign in there but i just kind of come across this spot on accident Right. you know uh i i, I seen a buck in
0: there and, and so but, do you think that it's that there's not like this is just kind of like a transient area. They just use that. Like if it was a north wind or something, they'd be they would be elsewhere.
1: I think they're betting somewhere else. I think they're keeping tabs on, on 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 the private land guys, betting there on a the south wind, and uh, they just feel real secure there, and no one. You know the the pressure's more on the private than it is on the public because you don't if you don't got a canoe you can't get to the spot. Right. So uh, I just think they were keeping more tabs. They had more. Um, you know uh, the more pressure was on the private, but they were betting there on on only on that south wind. And I've sat it on other winds. I've only seen these these bucks, and there's always a good buck in there. I had a 20 inch wide nine point in there this year. And I almost wish I I didn't shoot that half rack buck (laughs) because, uh, I ended up, I had a cell cam in there and that's one spot. I put a cell cam because they don't lay down a lot of sign in there. So when I get a picture of a good buck in that, in that spot, then I know to go in there on a South wind and hunt it. So, um, I think some, uh, maybe not as much in uh, these outer states, but in these pressure states, a lot of these deer are betting in certain bedding areas on certain winds. Right. You know, uh, based off of pressure. You know. Well, I mean, I I don't know if that makes sense. I I don't know just what I've seen.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, like for, I mean, that almost seems like. You know, if you're, if, if guys are paying attention to all of this stuff, right. So, you know, when you say, well, you want to get the overlooked areas, you want to hunt the betting on this wind, you know, the, the deer are patterning the hunters, um, all of this stuff, you know, that you're saying makes sense. And what I was going to say is like, you know, for a guy who doesn't do podcasts or anything like that, I mean, you're, you're really falling into it, you know putting it like it's kind of step by step and, and we've let say we've been uh, you know it's an hour and 20 minutes we've been talking about hunting here so i'm not sure if you're for
2: if, if me no you're,
1: i'm not keeping track but <laughs> I, I just uh you know to me it's it's something that it comes natural i i i i, I watch detail i think as a as a young hunter uh, someone probably get into it, they need to be more detailed about it. I mean, watch detail. Why did that, you know, why is that buck moving there? You know, analyze it, you know, when you've seen this buck, you know, note it in your, you know, on a note or in your brain, you know, I've seen this buck on a south wind. And if you go there on a on a north, you know, on, on a west wind and, and and you try to set up in there and you don't see anything, then, well, maybe you know try to get on a south wind and i don't know just try things i mean uh don't be
2: afraid to try things i think that's the key is don't be afraid there's so many people and i was you know i was one of them like man i don't i don't want to get down and move or you know it's like i'm here i just got to sit or i don't want to walk over there it's like screw it what are you going to do are you can bump them if not yeah. I mean, you're learning something you're learning. Yeah, you're always yeah, you always need to be learning. Don't you know? look at it as a negative. Look at it as a positive. Take, take the information that you, you know, learned from it and note it whether in your brain or on a log, in a logbook. So yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it's like it's like you're reading my notes here cuz we like I said, I don't want to keep you too much longer. No,
1: know, I, I don't know. care. <laughs> I got all night.
0: <laughs> but so like one of the things like as we kind of like Bring everything full circle here, right? The only thing I say is, do you have like tips for beginners? Like top three tips, right? So what I mean, you you just said you know analyze everything, think about it, but like when you you know because one of the other things that I think is really like commendable about you, you know, following along with your Facebook and stuff like that is you know you're you're t- you're tagged out in Michigan, but you're taking other hunters out and you know, getting them on deer and, you know, get right, you know, helping them. So for these guys that are having problems or that are like, you know, needing your assistance, essentially, um, you know, what would you say to them or what are some of the, you know, what are some uh, maybe like two other main points that you're saying, Hey, m- you know, maybe try this or, you know, this, these are things that have helped you like kind of along the way.
1: I think that things that, that helped me, uh, I mean, I've, Probably don't be afraid to bounce around. I mean, that's I I keep saying that. I mean, but the, I just think that's you know a lot of my success. Be aggressive. Where a lot of hunter, young hunters are not aggressive, they're afraid to 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 move. Like John was saying, he's afraid to move, afraid you know to to bump deer. Don't don't be afraid to to get in there and and just try new things i guess um you know look for you know don't get focused on one spot i guess you know yeah that's um, another
2: thing too is like people especially like the the new guys or even some of the old guys they just have their spots like i'm gonna go yeah they whether the it's the a certain wind or not they just go and sit in the same tree stand or you know, I think yep, a lot yep. of them had to switch it up this year because of the bait. You know, a lot of old the a lot of the people the used, older to guys, just, yep. used to just bait, throw out a bait yep. pile and go sit there stand and wonder why they you know, everything comes in right at dark.
0: Well <laughs> but, I I,
2: yeah. I say I wanna say this though, and like
0: this would be for for me too, and and I I think I think one of the major hang ups about that whole just like being you know have a bunch of spots or bounce around or whatever is for like uh a new hunter or a guy that's never killed a a buck or you know is trying to target another age class of buck where they're not necessarily confident in right so it's easy to say well i want i mean everybody would say well i want to kill a four-year-old you know i want to kill a three-year-old i mean everybody can say that but if you lack the confidence in quote unquote, your spot, right. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you, I mean, what do you say to the guys that say like, well, how am I going to go to this spot and break it down? If I'm not even doing a good job over here in a place that I know well, or, you know,
1: whatever. Uh, right. The confidence uh, piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think confidence comes with, you know, hunting over the years, uh, I mean, definitely it, this just didn't come overnight of killing good bucks. You know, I was that I was that guy, you know, just trying to kill a buck at you know, you know, uh, at that time too, you know, I'm, I was just like them guys. Um, I just think that I had a harder work ethic than, than a lot of guys. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to get in there and, and Figure it out. I don't even know how to explain it. I guess. <laughs> well, I I, just, I, mean, I I guess I'm thinking like
0: I'm thinking of my own like personal journey on this, and like again, like I said, like as I talk to guys like yourself, and like I try to like unpack it. Like I have like all these revelations, right? But it seems like you can't be quote unquote afraid to fail. Yes. Because like it, it if you're trying to improve and you're saying, okay, well I'm gonna take each one of these things as a learning experience, then I didn't really fail. Like I need to figure out what I learned and how I can adjust from the net you know for the next time I guess. Um but but that's where it's hard to be like, well fuck if I'm always just adjusting, <laughs> like I'd I'd like to kill something too, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I I <laughs> You know, I got a lot of, you know, a lot of young hunters that, that uh, go out there and they just, they walk through the woods and trying to find that, you know, find the sign. Um, I think it's something that you just got to kind of learn and get a knack for yourself. You know, we could talk about it all day and try to explain it to this guy, but if he doesn't have the heart and the will to, to get out there. And and just try to exceed and and keep moving forward, then then he'll probably never move forward or kill that buck, you know.
2: Right. The other thing too, I think, is one of the keys is that a young hunter, I mean, especially it's so hard well, now. wherever they're at in their journey. Like yeah, you. or or a new hunter, yeah, young as in yep. new to the sport of killing, killing big yeah. bucks. Well, any well, that's <laughs> what, like that's what my, my point is with social media and everything right now, everyone posting pictures of big bucks and stuff. Well, if you never killed a big buck and you get on a big buck, most likely it's, you're not going to kill it. Cause you're going to be so amped up. You need to just get out there and get some under your belt. So get out there and don't be afraid to shoot a doe or a small buck. Like you said, you started out just killing you know deer.
1: Just killing deer. Just killing go deer. out there and have fun and, and kill deer i mean that's what probably made me the hunter i am now because it, me and my buddy we just we just went out and killed deer i mean
2: and you could get on them right i mean and get and the- on them we
1: we we probably didn't do any hardly anything right but we was killing deer <laughs>
2: right. We
1: probably at the time we weren't even you know playing the wind or doing anything but we had the heart and the drive Right, and then to with, to get out there and hunt one down.
2: Right, and with that experience, then you could you could take that experience and build on it. And I it's think, like, yeah, you know, and th- that's kind of like when when Adam was talking about Uncle Frank, like Uncle Frank was a killing machine. You know, he just yep. never got out of that that stage of it. Like he just went out and killed everything that walked underneath him. You know, I mean? but he has yep. the biggest smile whenever he does oh. it. There's not like and, there's no remorse exactly, at all. Well, that's nothing wrong. Oh He's yeah. like we well, can't eat the horse. <laughs> no,
1: hordes. I don't. Yeah, I know guys just like that. My neighbors are like that, and and I graduate them every year. But them guys, they just don't want to do any any. You know, not to say they don't want to kill a big buck, but they're happy with their mentality. They're happy with that. You know, smaller class buck. I think, I think as anything in life, you know, a business or as a hunter. That I think that, you know, you need to step up your game every so many years, you know, set goals, you know, um, and and move up.
2: Um, I think part of it, too, is, like, you got to be able to sacrifice some stuff, too. Like, yeah, you might have to sacrifice not killing a deer this year if you're going after that mature buck, you know, where if if that three-point walks under your stand, you're like, oh. And you just can't hold back. Well then you got to be happy with that choice. But
1: you got to be happy with it, yep.
2: And so you know that, that's part of it too. I mean, it just got to be what your personal goals are.
0: Well, and that like what you're talking about like this I I mean this this whole like little segment like conversation is like that was my fucking day, man. Like Yeah. That was <laughs> like I I drove 45 minutes, sweated my balls off, had all my stuff on my back walked out there, got my camera and I was like, this isn't the spot. And I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked and I turned around yep. and I walked back to the truck. I mean, it was it was like, it wasn't, today it wasn't going to happen. I was trying to figure it out, but it was like, I could have got up it, any it, of those trees, but it was, it wasn't going to be fruitful. Right. And yeah, yeah. And nobody ever wants to go with me when I go out there. So, I mean, it's like.
1: Well, I think that, you know, when you find the spot, it's a feeling. You just know this is the spot, you know. Uh, You just get that second sense, I guess. Uh, I'm in the right area, you know. I feel like, you know, I'm going to kill tonight. Uh, But if you're not feeling it, then you need to get out of there. You know, far as I'm concerned, uh, because I go into spots all the time like that, uh, just just not feeling it. And I've sat up before, you know, on, on good sign and just get down. I'm just not feeling it. I just don't feel like this is the right area, the right spot. And guess what? There probably could have been, you know, a beautiful three or four year old walked into that spot and I got down. But <laughs> if I'm not feeling it. You probably need to move.
0: So I, I got a question for you just on, on like that note. And like it, it we really haven't talked about on the podcast. I'm messing around with it, but like I got the full draw on a hundred plus inch deer this year with my second tag. And if I'd have been where I wanted to be one more tree, yep. it walked right underneath it. But I just felt like the tree didn't have enough cover. Like I wasn't, you know, I but I, I looked at it and I, um am and that's what, you that's what Frank <laughs> is really good at is, is looking at the tree and saying like, this is the tree and like, sometimes yep. it like speaks to you. And so one of the things I've, I've, I've talked about with a lot of other podcast guys about like bringing on some like serious, like killers, having a conversation about like instincts versus tactics. Right. So, right. Right. Like when you go in and you feel it, like you said, like about like those, uh, scrapes and like stuff like that, or like where, like
1: the the book says
0: you need to be on this day or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've done that a lot. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of guys do that where they second guess themselves and they move over. So, um, if you get that instinct, and just because it doesn't have much cover or if it said if i if what i've learned in the past if it says set up right there i'm setting up because about three years ago that same scenario happened to me on, on a on a giant buck here in michigan so i was uh this spot is more of a farm country spot and early season is always a good spot um uh, if, if there hasn't been anyone in there it's got a lot of uh underbrush uh, a lot of trees you can't get into in there um that you can't hang a stand in so i find a lot of deer in these type of spots so uh this farm country spot they plant corn and there's a, a cornfield. And I get going down down the edge of the cornfield, headed in there. It's an the east wind, and the wind is blowing right in my face. Soon as I step inside the woods, there's all kinds of sign. And I think it was the second week. I didn't see any boot tracks, if anyone in there, anything like that. And this buck has got every sapling ripped up and twisted off. And I knew this was A big buck because bucks that do that normally got big tines so you know just ripping them up and because a little a little you know year and a half year old buck he he can't rip them saplings he can you know he can shred them up but he ain't gonna rip them and and break them off you know what i'm saying right so i get to the spot i see the sign and all i got is this little tree so as i'm sitting there Going about to set up, I t- take all my stuff out, you know, get off my back. And I was hunting on my lone wolf at the time. And I'm only going to be able to sit about five, six foot off the ground. So as I'm about to set up, I see two year and a half old bucks coming up to the cornfield out of this, you know, suspected bedding area. And there was a tree down there. So actually, I, I kind of hunkered down. They kind of like kind of spotted me, but I just, I just kind of hunkered down and didn't move. And there was a trail that kind of come around that bedding area. And I thought them deer were going to come around, you know, to that sign right there. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to kind of hog it all. You know, once these deer leave, I'm going to move down 50 yards to a tree that I can get a little higher and everything. And uh, I'll still have the wind in my face in this spot. So I ended up packing up and once some bucks left, I ended up packing up, moving down 50 yards. And, uh, I said, I can shoot over here to the right. I can shoot over here to the left. I'll kind of hog it all. And, um, I've learned over the years, that's probably not the best thing to do. When you see (laughs) the sign right here in front of you, you set up on that sign right there. Take, you don't be a hogger. You know, like try to hog all all the trails, <laughs> so I sat up in that in that spot, I'm thinking, well, he might uh, come around with them year and a half year olds come through, but I know that wasn't their sign because it was too big a sign, and there were some real big rubs, just I mean really high too, so I knew it was a real big buck, so when I sat up over there, fifty yards away uh about an hour into the hunt it was kind of raining really nasty east wind uh kind of cold the f- uh, second week of, of season i look over about 20 yards away and i moved up a little bit i moved up a little bit about 10 yards where that tree was kind of in f- not in front of it but it's kind of side of that of that uh sign Well, when i moved up this buck, he was coming right down the edge of right where he made all that sign, walked right in front of that, that tree that I would have sat up first and got and come right behind me. And I heard a stick break, And but then he caught my wind because I was, like I said, I sat a little forward now. And it was about 170 class inch buck. And I turned around to shoot him. If he would have given me a couple more seconds i probably got an arrow in him but the whole story was i should have sat up in that first tree where i had the sign As soon as i walked in you know i second guessed myself and then i tried to to be a, a you know a trail hog you know <laughs> try to shoot to every trail instead of set up on right here he's gonna come right here in front of me i'll kill him right here well i'm i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm hearing this right now because I,
0: I trail hogged the buck that I killed this year as I had buck sign going this way and the main trail going here and they kind of intersected and I just got in between them and killed that buck. And, And you can't, but don't get me wrong. But this, this story sounds eerily familiar to me. Yes. John, do you know what I'm talking about? So right when we first started this podcast and I started down this road of like listening to like actual big buck hunters you know yep same scenario big freaking egg area cornfield on one side alfalfa out in front and like two days before the season i saw this big buck i mean big for me but good good buck yep and so i was like well i looked at the map and i'm like okay at least try here I couldn't hunt it until like the third day of the season or something like that. So I go in there. The wind is good. Go in from downwind side of where I think that the deer is going to be laying. And there was a cornfield there. Well, they cut the corn in that two or three day span. So I'm like, I walked 500 yards across cut cornfield with the wind in my face. I walk in there. There's no sign or anything, but I like kind of like what you were saying earlier is like I, I saw the buck, right? Yep. I walk in there, and this is before like stand and sticks. I had my lone wolf climber because we were hunting out of climbers, and I'm climbers. Like, yep. That's a cat's ass. Well, all these trees are like four inches in diameter. Yep. And then I'm standing on this little micro ridge, which is probably like push ups from when they made these fields. And there was one tree that I could probably have got up, but I would have been if that buck walked down the ridge right there. I mean he his antlers might have hit my tree stand like it was like
1: oh my god so I'm
0: like so I'm like I can't hunt here right that's the only tree so I'm like well there's trees and there was this little kind of like grass field with some sparse brush and stuff right yep. there so I'm like well if I walk across here there's big trees over there I took one step into that little grass field and that fucking Jumped buck up. stood up sixty yards away and busted out of there and he was probably like one thirty class buck, and I'm pretty sure the kid uh, a kid killed him in gun season with a bow. Um, it, yep. the next
1: year, uh, at one sixty two. Oh my gosh! <laughs> just a just a, a Michigan giant.
0: And I, and I was just, but that's what hooked me on this whole thing of like, I got to get sticks i gotta i mean i gotta go
2: get real mobile. i gotta get you gotta get mobile you (laughs) know
0: i gotta get down this rabbit hole but like but that what you just said like i'm like "Uh uh
1: uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh yep now now if i got something like that you know and I, i i know i'm coming into something like that i'll just sit on the ground i mean um i i've switched to my brother he hunts mostly on the ground and uh he he's killed several on the ground. Uh, he got a, a nice eight a point out of Iowa on the ground this year on public and he killed, uh, a real nice 11 point, um, 160 inch buck in North, uh, North Dakota on the ground. So, uh, I've kind of, you know, watching my brother and watching other guys hunting on the ground. I started hunting on the ground more. So if, you know, something like that, you know, if it's just a small tree, I can, I kind of just get, you know, a uh, little bit of a uh, brush in front of me and a little bit of cover and, and you know, get good background and, and hunt on the ground now. So now,
0: other than that setup, like with the, with the cover, does it change anything? I mean, do you feel like you can, does it change the way that you look at like sign or the areas like are you getting closer into those bedding areas are you pushing a little bit further in i mean how are you setting up
1: no no i don't think i would uh, i i would push in i mean because normally even if, if there's a tree in the, with you know a stand you know i get a stand or a saddle in you know i'm I'm trying to get the closest i can no matter what you know i mean we're definitely bow hunting trying to to sneak in there and, and sometimes uh you fail and you jump them you know, you get too close. You know, uh, I, I just figured if you're too far back, you're out of the game. You know, I've heard a lot of guys say, you know, you got to be in that circle, and I've always just kind of took that to heart. You know, uh, get in that circle and uh, get an arrow in them.
0: And and what's the circle? I mean, because that I mean that's what happened to me on that that deer this year. If I would have been one tree further, but I was I was 52 yards away from. The edge of the, but you was hunting
1: for a tree. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You was was hunting for a tree, and you ended up jumping them. Uh, You know, if you was sitting on the ground, you could have probably, you know, had you know had a. a good background tree or or some uh a little bit of brush in front of you cleared out just real quietly and sat up you know if you had the if you kind of knew where he was bedded, or or if you if you had the sign in front of you and you and you weren't looking around for a tree you could probably you know find that little area and just get set up on them um without you know keep on going looking for that right tree you know to get in um i I mean there's so many scenarios that probably you know you could go through but i mean um ground hunting you know i i like it i've shot like i said i shot two bucks on the ground this year it was it's actually a blast to hunt on the ground (laughs) um to to do it uh i just um you got to be a little more stealthier i think though and um about it because I mean, especially when you're pulling your bow back or, or trying, you know, trying to find you, you know, that right tree in background. Sometimes I, I try to, you know, if I don't got, you know, you know, something in front of me, I'll grab a couple, you know, limbs real quick and put in front of me, you know, break me up a little bit, you know, as quiet as I can.
2: Yeah. So with that, what, uh, what bow are you shooting right now and what is your setup? I got a uh
1: Botec uh Realm. Realm. Yeah. You know, and uh with uh it's a one site. Uh I used to use like multiple sites, but over the years it seems like my eyes are blended in a little bit with the sight. so I ended up switching to one pin, you know, adjustable mm-hmm. site with
2: FMJ um uh, uh Eastern Arrows and stuff. Are you using fixed blade broadheads or mechanicals
1: no I use them uh, Rex broadheads Matt Taggett used uh, started making I don't know if you heard of them I've heard of them I'm not I haven't seen them or I'm not super familiar yeah the uh, Rex broadheads they uh, he makes them they're they're a mechanical broadhead uh, kind of like a, a rage but they have a, a a muzzy tip to it the top of an old muzzy tip. Okay. And then they have like a, it's not a slip cam. It's actually a spring loaded. I mean, it's like a heavy duty spring. So when they hit the blades come down and the spring pushes it down. Okay. Um, um, they, they slip down, but it's a uh, spring holds them there. So it's like when they, when they, when they go open, they're held open. They cannot move, can't shut back anything like that. All right
2: yeah so you had good success with them obviously you killed four bucks and yeah er,
1: yeah four bucks in a doe with it i ended up wounding wounding a, a giant in kansas with one but uh i had him at two yards and uh on the ground and uh <laughs> when he jumped the fence in front of me i took a uh uh he kind of, I had it right on him. He kinda of flared back on me and at all at once I was shooting all at the same time and I I hit him in the loins.
0: I feel like John's two yards away from me right now and I'm like I can't even imagine a giant at fucking two yards. <laughs> I, I
1: I swear to god I could've actually grabbed a hold of his antlers.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, I, I rattled him in and stuff. He was uh, on the downwind side of a dough bedding area. <laughs> And, um, uh, I was just hunting on the ground and just, uh, kind of kept going, uh, bouncing around, uh, slowly bouncing around looking for cruising bucks, you know, cruising on the downwind side of, uh, uh, bedding areas that I thought were, would be bedding areas and, uh, ended up seeing them and routing them right over to me. And he jumped the fence right in front of me. <laughs> And uh, I figured he was going to stop, you know, as he was running to me. But Kansas is like no other. There's, it's, it's like nothing that you ever seen before because you can rattle in box, grunt in box. I mean, they got, there's the guys out there. They say, Oh, there's pressure. There's pressure. Well, I drive around only seeing one truck today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh these bucks don't get pressured a lot of these kansas guys that do hunt they hunt a lot of field edges they don't hunt inside the bedding and i think i took my tactics hunting aggressively out to kansas and uh was my second year hunting kansas and uh capitalized every time every time i've been out there uh in a hurry so <laughs> nice so
0: yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I alluded to it at the beginning that, you know, you might have another podcast with, uh, with my buddy there, but we're going to have to get you back on just on that. I think taking, you know, Michigan tactics or, you know, pressured tactics to, uh, out of state hunting, because that's something I wanted to get into, but man, we're coming up on two hours. So, I mean, I think, I think we've brought kind of, uh got some great information on this one and I, I really really do appreciate you know you coming on here and kind of i mean you know for a for a quiet guy kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and,
1: and yeah it was <laughs> I, I i didn't know if i wanted to do it because i'm not much of a talker you know i can talk to you know friends and stuff and, and everything but i'm i'm not I, I wouldn't say i would you know would be a, like a good talker and, you know a motivational speaker i would say
2: (laughs) type guy
1: (laughs) uh you know it was definitely uh you know like i say it's hard to explain for me you know and to something that i would look at as a new hunter would look at probably totally different but i was there you know i just i just think i just went out there and did it i didn't have no You know my dad was a hunter he he taught me you know some stuff but you know rubs and scrapes and that kind of stuff but uh you know just getting out there is probably probably the best thing to do you know get out there and just just figure it out
0: well we we appreciate it i think that's kind of all we got for this evening if you want to stay on the line i'm just gonna wrap this up here i think that's all we got so